this thing on? Because it's getting ready to be on. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Bell Ringer. My name is Greg. Your guest name today is Michelle Urbanzik from the Explore More Children's Museum. They are embarking on a big move down to Canal Side. They're a really great new asset for that neighborhood. Everybody in the community is so excited for this move. There's so much anticipation, which she covers a little bit. You know, the difficulties of turning people away that they're not even open yet. So it's a great episode. I think people are going to love it. Maybe not as much as the museum, but hopefully love the episode. That's it. Thank you. So uh, for those that don't know or those that might be out of the area, what is Explore More? Explore More is a children's museum. Um, We are actually 25 years old. Uh, We were in East Aurora just until recently. So March 30th, we closed our doors in East Aurora. The exhibits were so lovingly handled and sent to Jamestown, New York. So if you are a love of Explore More and you grew up with us, the exhibits are now in Jamestown and you could visit their children's museum but we are a museum that is really zero newborn to 12 years even though I have adults who would say they love the exhibits more than the children (laughs) and we are 43,000 square feet of just learning through play. I'm excited to go and be able to play with them as well. (laughs) It's neat it's you know I, I say this and it's I hate saying that we're one of a kind because when you say one of a kind, it comes cheesy. Like we're one of a kind, Um, but really we are. We're the only children's museum about Western New York and the surrounding communities. So when we talk about it, you're not going to go to Detroit and learn about being good neighbors from a Buffalo perspective. And so therefore, when we talk about our museum, it really celebrates who we are as a community. Yeah. So what, um, a lot of that displays itself in the exhibits that you guys are having. So what can people expect and what makes it so buffalo it's amazing because we are four floors um the building is kind of deceitful because everyone thinks it's bigger than what it is because of how the architecture the design is is actually stunning and um so we have actually three floors of play and you're going to enter really on the second floor which is confusing for people because they'll go what floor am i on but you're actually entering on the second floor and the second floor starts with being good neighbors of course we had to start with being good neighbors because that's who we are And that area has, um, it's really immersive with homes that talk about who we are as a community. So we started off working with the Puerto Rican community, um, the Yemen community, and Seneca Nation. And those houses will curate over just to talk about different ethnic and diverse groups. And those will curate over every year. We have something called Sketchtown. West Her was absolutely amazing. They uh, funded a... um, project it's called Sketchtown and really kids color a car and then they scan it and then they drive it and then they can make their own little model with it after it's technology is it's interesting it's cool the kids won't leave it because it's so colorful and vibrant right but um it we're one of two museums in the country that has it have it as a permanent so we're really lucky and fortunate to have that you move into our moving water um and we are proud because that was NIPA's first naming, like public naming, and it really talks about our love for water. So we have everything from going from the Hudson River all the way through the Erie can to the Erie Canal uh, to Lake Erie. And we have a packet boat that when you open up the drawers, it tells stories of what it was like on the Erie Canal way back when. 
and it's just our love of water so kids get wet in that zone so I, I tell parents make sure you bring another shirt even though we have smocks yesterday we had kids on and their arms were just soaking wet um, <laughs> so I kind of tell bring another shirt or wear a short sleeve with that yeah. um, because it's really um, it's a it's a great water it's just so much fun kids love water I love water mm-hmm. um, but then you go into playing together which is our love for sports and we talk about different sports teams both amateur and professional both male and female and we have everything from an indoor soccer rink to a climbing structure um, to a track to the odd so we have a mini odd that looks uh-huh. like the mini auditorium because um, of course we have to pay how much that we are on the original odd site right right um, there we have the original odd signage so we're really excited to hang that that's not up yet but it will be shortly um, so it was really cool to get the original signage from the odd um, and to have it on display we go into tinkering which is hands-on with tools and it's teaching kids really how to use tools it's fun it's a really good hands-on we go to building buffalo celebrates our architecture because we have one of the best architectures in the world we need to really celebrate it and talk about it but it talks more about building trades and um just you know siding roofing plumbing and then everything to cad drawings to to architecture and, and how we put things together through engineering we go into our hospital, which we have a mini John O'Shea Children's Hospital, um, and that's so cool. We're just waiting for the last elements of those, um, but for the most part, it, it's really fun. And uh, we go to, of course, Lighting Buffalo's Imagination. Um, we have an innovator's wall that talks about what was made, produced, or patent in Western New York. We have 40. We actually have 120 things, and we narrowed it down to 40, and those will be evolving and changing. And then you go to our farm to fork, which is, um, it's a replica of Danny Wegman's barn is in our farm to fork. We have a milking cow um, and it's, it's just a lot of fun. It talks about food, food sustainability and our love for our local dairy farmers and local um, farmers in general. Yeah, that's one of the things I found so interesting in hearing you speak about it. Even the intersection with what we do uh, within industry with, you know, the water, with hydropower, agriculture, healthcare, and then the, the tinkering, even like trades and manufacturing. Mm-hmm. How valuable do you think that is for, for children to be learning at such a young age? You said you're zero to 12. Right. And, and you know, I, I think it's purposeful and, and it needs to be. We need to get our kids at a younger age learning these words. So it's early literacy. It's hearing what these words are for early careers. Um, it's finding out what their talents are young enough. Um, and I always say with STEM, especially in our STEM area, we have so many things that teach this is STEM because everyone thinks STEM is just science, but it's how we actually make um, technology and engineering and math and how it all comes together to create something. So I'll give you an example, the milking cow, kids will do it by hand, but that's really not how milk is done every day. It's right. actually done um, through equipment and that's STEM. So it's taking the technology and how do we make it um, easier. And so we'll be teaching that. It, it's, I say even in the hospital, the area, it was meant to have kids be relaxed. If something happens to them, they have that visual because we're visual learners. And mom, dad, or caregiver could say if something happens to the child and they have to go to the emergency room at the hospital, they could say, well, remember we were at Exploring More and you're, you, know, you took your doll in and they had an MRI or an X-ray or at least the child will have a frame of reference, but they're, they're learning the words. 
they're learning stethoscope, they're learning MRI, X-ray, like they're hearing these words so they become a norm. And even as microscopic as like the familiarity to the children's museum, I think um, I've heard you say in the past, like the the look and feel of it mirrors each other really closely. Uh huh. So if you go through, I think it's it's having kids familiar. So even in like building Buffalo, I was yesterday we had quite a few kids in there and they were looking at the pictures and they were appreciating the architecture of things that we just pass by every day and don't even notice how beautiful they are. And so I think that, I think Generoshite, the, the hospital is just perfect. It looks like a mini hospital. So I think you're right. It's having that um, familiarity with, you know, what's happening. Um, but I, I do, I, I think it's that visual learner and just kind of having a sense of it. We are designed to have, we're, we're introducing the topics. So we're not, you know, the end-all, be-all. So that's why we rely a lot on our partners. Um, just recently we had Penn Dixie come in. They're going to talk about fossils and rocks. That's what they do. They're experts in that. Um, when we talk about architecture and design, that's Dara Martin. When we talk about art, that's the Albright Next. So there's so many partners to hand it off to. When we talk about STEM, we have STEM at a very early age, but we want to hand it off to the Science Museum. They're the experts in that. We're introducing the topic. Why we have educators and knowledge in it were not as in-depth and don't have the collection pieces that they have. So what we really want to do is introduce our parents to the topic, their kids have a talent in it, um, and then hand it off to to the, the culturals or educators or community organizations that do it really well. And it, it seems like you're fostering the interest in it for the kids to even want to further pursue. Perfect, yeah, and that's exactly what we're doing. So children's museums are not as scary to people to come into. Right. Um, and I always say we trick by learning through play. And it is. We <laughs> learn through play. Um, and then what happens is I think parents start seeing their child have a talent in something. And, you know, I mean, for this museum, kids are going to be all over. But even yesterday, you know, we were watching kids just to kind of see where they're going and where they're gravitating to. But it was interesting to see kids that would stop and actually do something repetitive over and over and just had a love for that. So it was interesting. I was talking to some grandparents in there and they were like, I can't believe you. Like, she would never do that. You know, so it's interesting because they're starting to develop a talent in something. So it's bigger than just learning the words or gross motor or communication and, and playing. It's what, what is their interest and what can we foster to further grow that interest? So there's so much excitement throughout the community with your move down to Canal Side, downtown Buffalo. Um, what are you guys doing to really open the museum up and make it accessible to everyone now that it's in such a central location downtown? So a couple things. We have a universal design, and it wasn't just on paper. We practice. Um, we've spent, I know I have personally spent the past year talking to quite a bit of families um, because it's nice to have studies and, and I love, you know, we have all these studies done by consultants and professionals and, and it, it helps for a roadmap. But at the end of the day, my audience is children. And at the end of the day, those children belong to families. And so I needed to hear from families what was most important to them. And what I was finding was a glaring glimpse of the obvious. And we have families come in all different shapes and sizes. And there is children with disabilities and children without disabilities and they really framed the framework of change. So we have things such as sensory quiet rooms. Um, so children, when they're on overload, can have a spot just to go to and just kind of unwind for a minute and just have a minute because I don't want a family to leave. I want them just to have that time just to have, read a book, sit quietly for a minute. Um, the museum will be, even though I, I, the colors, the design is very 
the number one thing we're hearing is it's not overstimulating. The colors are very neutral. It's, it's a beautiful, natural place to be. Um, and so <clears throat> that was by design. We have um, areas for family care, such as breastfeeding. Um, we have universal changing stations. So if you have a child who um, needs to be changed at an older age, they can be changed with dignity. So instead of trying to find a spot to change your child or go to the car, um, we actually have a, a, one of the um, restrooms that can hold a child up to 250 pounds. So we're really excited about that. Um, <clears throat> we're working with, Canal said, of course, on parking. We have several parking lots right across our bridge from us. Um, so that makes it a little bit easier. I think the challenge right now is the um, Skyway Project has some of these um, parking lots closed at certain times, which does not make that ideal, but we're working around it. We know that project will be ending in a few short months, so we'll just make it work. Right. It's a temporary issue. It's a temporary issue, and, you know, I get a lot on parking, and, you know, I had many um, executive directors tell me, don't own parking. So you go to um, other events, such as a Sabres game, a Bison's, Shays, BPO, you're paying to park. You know, they don't own parking, you right. know. Um, you go to other culturals or other family event activities, you're paying to park. Um, so, I, you know, why I have to be mindful of our families, I can't own the parking situation. You know, we're at Canal Side, we're at a beautiful spot. We're very blessed to be at Canal Side. Um, I think it brings people from all over the region. It's just a great place to be um, for uh, our local, but also tourists. And um, so I, I think the number one question we get is parking, but the train lets right off there and there's multiple parking lots right around our museum. All right. So you started to touch on Canal Side. What do you think it means for, <clears throat> for the city to have this new museum coming right there and, and what does it grow or how does it help grow that neighborhood which is really new to many people? Well, I think what happens is one of the things I have to point out is Buffalo is the only city of our size without a children's museum. So you look at the whole country, we're the only city of our size not to have a children's museum. Um, and so most children's museums are downtown, they're near a waterfront, so they tend to be an anchor. I, again, my love for Canal said I, I you know, can't believe we're where we are now. I feel very lucky that Explore More is part of the fabric of Canal Side, but um, it's interesting because there's been a lot of, I, I love the enthusiasm people have for Explore More. Believe me, I love it, but I didn't quite understand it till probably around November. I was talking to a group of families and they were telling me, they were kind of asking questions like, where are you going to be? And it struck me as odd because I thought we were doing a great job of, you know, I, I thought we were at nauseam. Right. And then I said, I finally stopped and I said, well, what's your relationship with going downtown? Because, you know, I'm downtown all the time. And they said, Sabres game, Bison's game, Disney on ice. It was not canal side it, because when them when I looked at their demographic, they were younger. So they had children who were two, three, four, five, and multiple. And um, so they saw the revitalization of Buffalo as restaurants, real estate, like all the things we're embracing and love. But I never thought about it because I don't have little guys. And I never thought about it. If I had a two and a four-year-old, what would I really, be, how am I embracing the revitalization? So that's why they're so excited because now they're a part of it and we'll be sharing through exploring more and learning and, and kind of growing with the community as well. So yeah. it was that, that aha moment for me that 
I was like, oh, wow, that was a aha. <laughs> right. And you touched on it up top, the <clears throat> nostalgia that people have for the East Aurora location. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of cool to think about that decades from now, people will feel that way about Canal right. Side and, the, and that location. And hopefully that, you know, that doesn't just exist within the walls of the museum, but it's that whole area, which they have such big plans for as well. Yes, it's amazing because, you know, as we were closing East Aurora, you know, people kept asking me, what are you doing with the exhibits? And many people just wanted to buy them out. <clears throat> and I didn't, I didn't want them to be separated. And uh, so Jamestown, you know, I, we met and, and they gave me a call and, and they came to see the exhibits. And I knew if they said they wanted all of them, that was going to be the right answer. And so after they toured, you know, we said, well, what do you think? Which ones do you want? And they looked and said, we would take all of this. And so they had such a love that we had that it made it so easy to gift those to them. And, and it was the right decision. We could have sold them. You know, we, and we're a nonprofit. We always need the money. Right. Um, and we could have done it. The right thing to do was these were built with such love. Um, our founders from Explore and more and the educators and the people who created these exhibits did it through love. I mean, Explore and more is a very small non-for-profit children's museum. So everything that was done was done with blood, sweat and tears. It wasn't like there was tons of money to in which to make these. So we really wanted to respect the legacy and by gifting them to another museum that loved them just as much as we did, it made it bittersweet. So on that day, as we were shutting down, it was interesting because Jamestown brought, you know, a whole crew, I think about 30 people to come help us dismantle so they can take them. And instead of us having being tearied like we thought we were going to be, we were sad, but we were watching like their enthusiasm. They're like, well, this is ours. And it was just, it was so cool because I think it's what we needed in which to close it not feeling such a heavy heart because somebody else was so enthusiastic to get these um, exhibit pieces. So it was kind of really surreal because instead of having the tears we thought we were going to have, it was really odd because someone was embracing and could not believe they were getting it. And so they were taking tons of pictures with the, it was just, (laughs) it was really cool to see and it made it a lot easier for us. So we can't wait to go see the Jamestown Children's Museum for that reason. Yeah, that's great that you get to have an impact on a different community, a different set of people. Well, it's mission aligned, um, you know, and it was the right thing to do. I mean, we yeah. believe in the power play. We believe in moving the mission forward. So I think it only became natural that when they said they wanted all of it, um, I think people thought we were nuts. You know, they're like, you could have sold all of this. And I think people thought we were nuts. But our mission aligned is to, to move education through play. And how do we not help another community do it? Um, and so we were very blessed to be in that, that position to do it. And so that made us feel really good as a board and as an organization. So continuing on the theme of the residual impact that you guys can have, um, I was looking around the website to prepare a little bit, and it says that over 10 years you're expected to have $200 million in economic impact for mm-hmm. the surrounding area. Um, <clears throat> I guess just talk a little bit about that and, you know, what you guys expect, you know, after people visit the museum, seeing people go to, I know you guys are going to have a cafe within there, but there's so many other places around Canal Side, right? Yes. Um, So basically that was done by a study that was an independent consultant and a study that was done to to get to those numbers. Again, I'm a... I'm a business person. Um, I always laugh when I hear numbers and consultants and things like that. Um, I tend to be 
optimistic, um, but I'm always skeptical of numbers, but I have seen it. So we have went from a small staff of about 12, that includes the part-time floor staff, to we're just shy of 40 and still going. Um, so right now I know that economic impact of just who we're hiring. On top of, we have a cafe, called, it's um, run by Beer Guest. Um, I can't say enough about them. Um, they're seamless. And so we're really lucky to have them. They'll be hiring their own crew, which is amazing. And um, so we've seen them on site with their crew. And so we have a cafe. It's open. You don't have to come to the museum to um, have lunch or dinner or whatever you want. You could stop and have an ice cream. You could stop and have a glass of wine. You could stop and have a salad, um, whatever you really want, um, right at the cafe. Um, in the winter, if you're skating, you could stop and have a hot chocolate. It's wonderful. We also have a retail shop. It's the Buffalo Stores. Um, I was laughing because they opened yesterday. Um, they didn't officially open. They were still setting up and doing things. They didn't even have their cash register, and people were in the store, <laughs> and they were selling. Um, so I knew um, they were just popular. Um, it was really great to have them as a partner. Um, so we know that. we. Ha I called my first crashers last night. I had a family come in. Um, we had just, uh, you know, again, we're, we're still in that quiet, soft opening phase because we're testing everything. We had a group last night, and I had this one mother with her two boys come in last night, and I couldn't turn them away. So I, they were too adorable, and I called them my crashers. But it's that excitement of people who just want to come and see. Um, we had a, a gentleman come yesterday, and he's like, "How are you opening anytime soon? Because my family's coming in, and I really want them to see the museum this weekend. So I'm laughing because... Um, it is. There's a, a lot of excitement around it, but I think it will draw families who've never been to Canal Side to come and see. We have so many good community partners, the Naval Park, so we're partnering with them. I mean, you have, you know, Spirit of Buffalo. You have all these, yeah. you know, businesses downtown, I think, that will see an uh, influx of people. So we are just, you know, working hard to, to make sure we're a good Canal Side neighbor and partnering and making sure our families know what's around um, including the double-decker bus tour. Um, we're, we're trying to do some family events because I love the double-decker bus tours. <laughs> if you haven't been on them, they're amazingly funny. I mean, they're great. They're yeah. funny. Um, but to have kids on that and learn about the history of Buffalo and get off and come into our museum and then go on a ship at the Naval Park and then go on the water, you know, um, you know, through a boat ride is just, I think, the complete package for a family. So we're really excited to have that. And a lot of that... Um anticipation has been built up over a while as you guys are through construction and ramping up but even so long before that these plans have kind of been in the works uh, for those that don't know you know how long has this idea taken to really come to fruition how much hard work well has gone 2012 uh, yeah 2012 we were <laughs> awarded it um so we were awarded the um there was an rfp process and we were awarded the bid to start you know moving forward so it's it's been a long time um, but it's been perfect. I mean, there was some change of location. There was change of exhibits. There's been a change of everything. And, and I always say it's purposeful. It hurts at the time it's happening, but at the end result, I think we have a much better product and a much better visitor experience. So why there's been transition with it, um, you know, Barbara Leggett was there yesterday and, and I can't say enough, that was her vision. And I was happy that it was exactly what she wanted to see. So it was funny because through the years, people might have changed, but we needed to make sure we were paying homage to what was the original vision and did we nail that? Um, and and I, I'm hoping that 
you know, we did. I mean, our initial feedback seems to be it's it's what people were expecting in terms of it exceeded it. Um, so I'm happy with that. I think we're gonna have growing pains. Everything is new. Everything in the museum is new from computer system to database to ticketing system exhibits. So um, it's it's a little bit challenging when you know people are just open the doors. Everything's new. Yeah. Um, and so it's taking us a little bit of time to make sure we're ensuring the flow in safety and visitor experience. I would love to say, oh, we had a line. People are expecting this grand opening with balloons and a line. And um, you're not going to get that. It's not going to happen. And the reason why is a three-year-old cannot stand in line. Um, and so <laughs> I, I have to kind audience. of, yes, I have to keep reminding people, my audience is children. Mm-hmm. And I need the children to be happy. That's who I need to please. I need to make sure we're moving the education dial. But I also need to make sure that they're able to get to the exhibits and they're able to play. Um, And by having a huge line, it makes kids very unhappy and cranky. Um, And then if they can't get to play with the stuff that they want to play with, it's not a good visitor experience. So I'd love to say, oh, I saw 3,000 people today. Well, a number means nothing to me. I think that's baloney when people say that. If you don't have the capacity to do it and make it a good visitor experience, numbers mean nothing to me. Um, So that's where I kind of go, we'll be bringing people in, we're seeing what the hang time is, we're seeing how it's flowing, because I really want families to come in and not feel crowded or not feel like they weren't valued uh, when they come in. And while you might not be having the... 100 balloons and big, big line door opening ceremony. Um, this podcast won't come out for a couple of weeks, but yesterday you had uh, a big press event. The governor was there, um, the Wilson family. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk a little bit about just the partnership and support you've gotten from all over the community. Oh, you know, I said this community has been kind. We have a power play. I said it's the power of people. Um, remember, this was a challenging. We're still not done with our capital campaign, so we're, we're a little bit you know shy of our capital campaign and uh but when we were doing the studies they said we could only raise 10 million dollars so you can only build a museum that's 10 million dollars well the project's you know about 29 million and we're pretty close to that it came from community it came from um just everything from government agencies to private businesses to private donors to people who gave us ten dollars during crowdfunding so this is really a community museum and uh, so I think the cherry, um, the you know, the, the cake or the ice cream was really um, Ralph C. Wilson. It came at a time that was really critical. It was a match grant. So it was $3 million for the building of Explore and More. And we matched that re- pretty quick. And then now we are starting the endowment phase. So we still need to be sustainable. And so now we have a $3 million match to do grow an endowment. So that will be the next thing we need to do in order to keep flipping over and changing our exhibits. We, we're, as I said, even though we have a beautiful building and a lot of momentum, we're still a very small nonprofit. Um, <clears throat> all my cultural partners have multiple, you know, they have money in their endowment and that's how they can grow and, and know what they can do we're kind of behind the eight ball because we do not have an endowment as of yet. So that will be our next next focus. And Ralph C. Wilson Jr. Foundation really wanted to ensure our success by having that match and knowing if we start growing it, every dollar is matched by them. Yeah, And I think I heard a funny story about um, 
the Wilson the Wilson announcement you finding out I think it was <clears throat> Valentine's Day was it yeah that's when I got the uh, that was when the press conference took place yes yeah so you said what was your joke you told yesterday oh my <laughs> it is um, <laughs> I said it on Mike. Uh, yeah I said um, my husband can never compare on Valentine's Day you know and we joke about that because <laughs> even this Valentine's Day he said I don't even know what to get you because last year you got a six million dollar grant um, so I said to David Egner, who is the executive director of the foundation, I said, you know, you killed it for my husband, because no matter what he does, he'll never top your gift. Can't, and so no chocolate uh, can get close to that. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. But um, that's how appreciative we were um, to receive it and to have it on Valentine's Day in love. Um, so I said that was true Buffalo love yes. to get it on Valentine's Day. So it was really great. Well, thank you so much for your time. This has thank been you. awesome. This has been wonderful. I have a couple blizzard round questions for you sure. fly through it and then we'll okay. get you out of here if you were a flavor of ice cream what would you be you're killing me i think coffee bean okay book or tv show that you would recommend uh stranger things text or phone call phone call bills or sabers oh you're killing me <laughs> um I don't know. I love them both. Your neighbor, your neighbors with the sabers now. I know I'm neighbors like, with the sabers, but I also love. I, you know, it depends on season. Remember, fall is is you know like September. You get cited for bills. By November, December, you know when the season's kind of. I want the sabers, <laughs> so it's it's bizarre. We'll I'm sorry. I, I have to say both. I'm we'll sorry. Say both. And I'd say banded, so therefore oh, yeah. bison. So it's amazing. We get we're blessed. We got good sports teams. Yeah, hiking or skiing. Uh Look at me. Uh, <laughs> hiking. Okay, we'll go with hiking. I don't do either. either. <laughs> and last question, most sure. important, chicken wings, drumstick or flat? Uh, absolutely drumstick. Thank you very yes, much thank for your you. Thank you. Thanks. I have to be here. Bell Ringer is a podcast by Invest Buffalo Niagara, the region's privately funded, nonprofit, marketing and economic development organization. Please rate this podcast, follow our social media channels, and read our blog at buffaloniagara.org for the best of Buffalo Niagara. Come grow your business with us.